First John chapter two, verse six. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Does anyone abide in him? Does anybody like the fact that they abide in him? Well, the Bible says that if you say that you abide in him, you should walk just like Jesus walked. And uh, he set a quite, quite a high bar for us to attain to, but apparently it's attainable. Apparently that by his grace and power, we're able to have a walk just like Jesus himself. Isn't that great? Man, that's, a, that's an amazing thing, but we're called to live that way. We're called to walk that way. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1 as well. Uh, we, we've been in this series for the last number of weeks. We start off with these three scriptures. This series is called Walk This Way. Walk This Way. In Colossians chapter 1, it says in verse 10, that you may walk, this is a prayer now, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. So it ought to be a part of our prayer life that our walk would be worthy of the Lord. Yeah, so I'm having trouble with my walk. Well, here's one thing you can do. You can pray about it. You can pray that your walk would be worthy of the Lord as well as praying for other people. You know, it's probably a better idea uh, to pray for someone than just to complain about them. Probably a better idea to pray for someone than to nag them. Probably a better idea to pray for someone than condemn them about their walk. Hmm? And it's scriptural. You can pray for others that their walk might be worthy of the Lord. Now Ephesians, Ephesians 4, turn three pages back. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. And so the walk that Jesus walked, the walk that's worthy of the Lord can also be described this way. It is a walk that's worthy of the call, the calling with which we're called. And we are all called to be in relationship with the Father, to be in the family of God, to represent Him in the earth, to be the light of the world like Jesus is. Amen. That's a high call. It's a really big deal. So he said, make sure now that your walk is consistent with that call. That your walk is worthy of that high level calling. Amen? Amen. And so can we do this? Yes, we can. And so we've been, we've been sharing with you over the last number of weeks about some various things that the scriptures tell us that should characterize our walk with the Lord. Not just our relationship, that's established in Christ, but how we walk that out. Re remember, the Bible says that we are to walk in unity. We are to walk with each other without strife, without division, without allowing those kind of fleshly things in our, in, in our relationships. We're to walk in unity with each other. The Bible says that we are to walk in love. Walk in love. That's not feeling love. This is the love of God. The love of God Himself. We also shared with you how the Scripture says that we are to walk in newness of life. Remember that one? We are to walk in newness of life. That's a whole new concept and whole new mindset for many people. But that's the way that we are to think with a newness of life. And then 
You might remember last week we shared with you about how Paul said in Ephesians that we are not to walk as what he called other Gentiles walk. Basically, we're not to walk like the world. He said, you see how the world is walking? You see how they're living? He said, don't do it that Don't do it like that. <laughs> that is really messed up. He said, don't you walk like that. All right. Today, I want to go a little bit further and talk to you about another point the scriptures make. And that is that we are to walk in the spirit. All right. We are to walk in the spirit. This should be one of the main characteristics of the believer's life is they walk in the spirit. How many understand that there is a constant battle taking place that we must be engaged in and we must win. And that is a battle between flesh and spirit. Okay? It does not go away while you're on the planet, while you're on the earth. All right? It is flesh versus spirit, and that simply exists because our spirits have been born again. All right, the day you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you were filled with the life of God, the authority of Him. You were filled with His His victory and His peace and love and joy. All these things got deposited in your spirit, but your flesh was still kind of just hanging out. <laughs> the day you got, the day after you got saved, your flesh still wanted to do wrong things. Your flesh was still subject to temptation and all this other kind of stuff. Although your spirit has been made right with God, and so what we've got is a a stage set for a fight. Who's going to win? And if we don't learn how to give our spirit man dominance over the flesh, then we are going to struggle through life. And it's definitely going to be a hindrance in our walk and relationship with the Lord. So I've got to learn how to get a grip. I've got to learn how to keep my flesh subdued to my spirit. Is that possible? Possible and necessary necessary so again remember you can be saved and walk in the flesh now new testament uses this language right uh whenever a person is 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 saved they are in the spirit that language is used to describe a believer we are in the spirit but it's a different thing to be it's one thing to be in the spirit it's another thing to walk in the spirit okay you can be in the spirit and unfortunately, walk in the flesh. Have you ever done that? All right, I've done that. <laughs> I think we've all done it. We've been in the Spirit. In other words, we didn't lose our relationship with God. We didn't lose our salvation. We still had fellowship with the Lord. But we walked in the flesh. And the flesh is ugly. It will do some nasty stuff. <laughs> it, it, is, it is just bad news. But if I can learn how to give my spirit dominance, then I'm laughing. All right. Let's go over to Galatians today. Just a left turn. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And this gives us some real clear direction and shows us why most people do it wrong, but how we can do it right. Okay? Galatians 5 verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now think about that last phrase there. So you do not do the things that you wish or you want to do. In other words, you want to do one thing, but you do something different than you want to do. Some say, why are you doing that? Well, I don't want to. 
well, why are you doing it? Well, I just am. I don't want to do this, but I keep doing it. Have you ever done that? I don't want to. What do you mean you don't want to? Well, as a child of God, I want to please him. I want to have a worthy walk. I want to please the Lord with my actions, with my life, with my thoughts, with my words. But have you ever been in a situation, I think we all have, where we found ourselves doing exactly opposite of what we wanted to do? And what happens if you get in, in that mode, typically people just try to stop doing it. Well, I'm going to just stop doing, with, stop doing this. And then if you find you're unable to stop doing it or, you know, it lasts for a short time and then you slip back into it, then condemnation sets in. And then, you know, you're not doing what you want to do. You're doing what you don't want to do. And you feel bad for not doing what you want to do and doing what you don't want to do. And so you begin to beat yourself over the head saying you're just a rascal. You're just a, you know, the devil will chime in and say, yeah, that's right. You are good for nothing. <laughs> you are pathetic. And he'll beat you up and you'll feel like a, you know, loser and everything else. And, and it'll be a vicious cycle. And people constantly live in that unless they do the Bible. And that's what we're going to do, okay? But unless they begin to act on the Word, specifically what it says, it'll be a vicious cycle of continually failing, continually being unable to do what they want to do and very able to do what they don't want to do, all right? Everybody with me so far today? Okay. And so the Bible says again here, now look, look, look. let's read it again. Verse 16, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh how do i not fulfill the lust of the flesh by walking in the spirit do you notice it didn't say don't walk in the flesh or don't fulfill the lust of the flesh and you shall walk in the spirit it doesn't say that but i think that seems to be the tendency of most people that's, that seems to be the natural mindset of how people think. If I need to change something in my life, I just need to suck it up and change it. I just need to grab myself by the nap of the neck and make myself stop. And people are trying to do that all day long. Come January, it'll go into high gear. It's like, you just need to quit it. You just need to suck it up, man. You just need to knock that off. And so they do, and they stop for a little bit, but eventually fall back into the very same things. And there may be some rare exceptions where people get some long-term, but most people don't. Most people continue the way they were. Why? That's not how you do it. You don't walk in the Spirit by not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. You don't fulfill the lust of the flesh by walking in the Spirit. It's kind of like this. When, when uh, the first person got to the church building this morning and they unlocked the door and, and turned off the alarm, the first thing they had to do, because it was dark in here, uh, first thing they had to do is they gather up all the darkness and they push it outside and they get rid of it, right? I mean, how, how else are we going to be able to see? I mean, we can't see if this place is full of darkness. So someone's got to get it out. And if someone doesn't get it out, we wouldn't be able, we wouldn't be seeing each other today, right? I know that sounds pretty ridiculous, but we know the same principle is true. How do you get rid of darkness? You turn on the light. You don't deal with the darkness. You don't even think about the darkness. You just think about light. If I'll turn on the light, the darkness will take care of itself. The darkness will be driven out by the light. Then why in the world are we so often just working on the flesh? 
Man, I gotta just stop working on the flesh. I gotta stop doing what I don't want to do. I gotta, st- I, I, I gotta stop doing that. That's like gathering up darkness. You're gonna have as much success as the person who's trying to gather it up. Man, I gotta go get the darkness out of my house. <laughs> How do you get this out? You just turn on the light. That's called if I'll walk in the spirit. If I'll focus on the right thing, the wrong thing will be taken care of without any effort, without any struggle. How many know there's no struggle between light and darkness every time you turn on the light? You don't see a battle. They're duking it out. Man, I sure hope light wins again. (laughs) Darkness is driven out without effort if the light is turned on. And I think this is kind of similar to the way religion has dealt with people. It's always forced upon people a set of things to not do. You know, it's a bunch of rules. You just need to quit this, and you need to quit this, and you need to quit this, and you need to stop doing this. And it's all about trying to conform your life to a particular image or pattern when the reality is that's not how God works. You know, many, many are proclaiming in churches these days, we just need to knock out the sin. If we could get churches to stop, if we get people to stop sinning, God would move. If we can get everyone to stop sinning, there'd be a revival in the land. If I read my Bible correctly, it seems to be that when God moves, people stop sinning. It seems to be when, when God shows up, that's when people get free. But it's not self-effort, i got to get myself free so that God will come. No, no, no. The whole reason He came, the whole reason He has come, is because we are powerless to overcome these things by ourselves. And let's not go back into flesh mode where, uh, where we are uh, just fighting the flesh. Now, there is a battle, there is a war there, but there's a, there's a method of victory and there's a method of failure. And if I just, again, am trying to pull my act together and stop being in the flesh, I'll never get in the Spirit. But if I will walk in the Spirit, the flesh is not going to be an issue. I'll still be tempted. I still have to discipline, but I'm doing it with the power of God now. I'm doing it by the grace of God. And these things work really, really well. Amen. And so, if we will begin to focus on God's Word, you can watch the fleshly lifestyle fade away. And uh, condemnation keeps us focusing on, on what is wrong, on the flesh. But the grace of God will keep us focused on Jesus, keep us focused on what is right. Now, let's get a picture here from Galatians of what this looks like. I'm not going to go into great detail by, by defining all these words, but let's read the flesh and the spirit. Okay, verse 19, uh, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, okay everybody got, got a good picture of ugly here? 
this is bunk. This is, this is the kind of stuff he's describing what death produces. What a dead person. Or you can say what, a, what the flesh will do. My spirit's born again, but my flesh is not. And these are the kind of things, if I live in the flesh, that the flesh likes to manifest. The f- flesh likes to produce. Can we just see this, uh, without, again, without going into great detail, that sin will eat your lunch? That sin will royally mess up your life? It seems favorable for a small period of time. The Bible says it's pleasurable for a season. It's temporary, the pleasures of sin. But always it'll come back to bite you. Sin is, is one of those things, as an old saying, that sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you want to pay. All right. Sin is something that when, when God gives us and points us to these things and gives us a list like this, it's so that we can go, ew. <laughs> yeah, it's so we can recognize, ah, man, that's, uh, it'll, ma- it'll m- mess your relationships up. It'll cost you financially. It'll cost you health-wise. It, there are so many things that sin just works in people to destroy their lives. Never be deceived. I say that. It's easier said than done. But never be deceived into thinking that something that's fleshly is actually going to work to your favor. It won't. It will always come back to get you every single time. And so that's why we want to walk in the Spirit. He went on to say here to describe things that come out of the Spirit now. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with, with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, what's that? Live in the Spirit, saved. Saved. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, it's not necessarily the same thing. Living in, walking in are not necessarily going hand in hand. They can, but it's not an automatic thing here. All right? Let us also walk in the Spirit. So basically, basically, if I could say it this way, the way to get free from anything is, number one, get saved, get in the Spirit, and then, number two, walk in the Spirit. When I say get free, get free from the flesh and from the works of the flesh, the things that it'll produce. Flesh is a word that's also, uh, uh, another word used in the Bible is the word carnal, means the same thing. Carnal is, is a word fleshy, you know, chili con carne is, 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 is flesh. It's got meat in it, right? <laughs> All right? And in the Bible, it has to do with, with sinful desires and passions, and it has to do with not trusting God but leaning to the arm of man or the arm of the flesh and so uh, the way to get free is to get saved and then to walk in the spirit everybody good to go or does anybody want to know how to walk in the spirit (laughs) i could leave you with that and leave you in bondage (laughs) but that should this should spring up a natural question Okay, if I'm not going to get in the Spirit, we're not going to walk in the Spirit by just not walking in the flesh. How do I walk in the Spirit so that I won't automatically walk in the flesh? Good question. And uh, let's go over to Romans chapter 8. Do you have a flesh walk or do you have a spirit walk? Most of us want a spiritual walk, but how does that come about? Often people just simply try to act right, and this leads to failure. But let me tell you, before we read, 
the biblical method into having a spiritual walk is by having spiritual thoughts. The way to walk in the Spirit is to think in the Spirit. If I will get my thinking correct and right, my walking will not be a problem at all. But typically, again, many times we just try to fix the walk. In other words, we deal with the flesh without walking in the Spirit. But if I will fix my thinking, my walking will change almost without effort. But if I am able to change my walking without changing my thinking, it's only a matter of time until my walking reverts to my thinking. Everybody with me? Okay. This is a biblical method now for a child of God, one who is born again. They are in the Spirit. This is how to walk in the Spirit. There must be an agreement in the mind with what's happening inside. Some of that is is this. I need to think as a child of God, as a, uh, as a person with a new cre- recreated spirit, as opposed to a person who's a sinner. Many have been taught, many Christians have been taught, oh, that we're all sinners. That is a defeating doctrine. We all were. But once you get saved... You're recreated in the likeness and image of God. The Bible says you've been part, you've partaken of His divine nature. Once you get born again, you don't have a sin nature. But if you think you do, that's self-defeating right there. You now have a fleshly mentality instead of a spirit mentality. So those are some things we have got to change. But let's just be real and honest with life. Okay? Many times we think that um, that what we're thinking, what's going on in our brain, is private. And no one knows. But you know, that's not reality. So you, you tell me you know what I'm thinking? Absolutely do. <laughs> you can read my mind? Takes a little time, but yes. Doesn't happen instantly. But yes, I can. And you can read mine. We just have to follow each other around. Because what I'm thinking will end up showing up in my walk. If I am thinking right, it will manifest in victory in my life. And I will overcome and I will have a walk like Jesus. So you're saying... If I don't have a walk that's worthy of the call, then there's something wrong in my mind. Exactly. I guarantee it. I know what you think about when no one's around. And so does everybody else. I thought it was secret. It's not. It's, it's kind of like this. I know what kind of seeds you plant in your garden. Were you watching? Did you see my little packets? (laughs) No. I know what kind of seeds you've planted in your garden. How? By looking at the plants that have come up from those seeds. 
That's not a mystery, is it? That's the way the kingdom of God works. You plant a certain type of seed and it produces what was ever in that seed. If I am planting in my thought life things that are of God, things that are righteous, holy, pure, and of God, then they are going to produce that in my life. And if I allow thoughts to remain in my mind that are ungodly and unholy, just a bunch of defeat and junk and garbage, that's what I'm going to struggle with. And no matter how much help I get, I need help, I need a drug, I need counsel, I need, I, I need all these things to fix my walk and to fix my life. It's not going to work until the mind starts thinking right. Everybody with me? So this is really in our control. If I went over to your house and, and I saw and you had all these corn stalks growing up in your garden. And you said to me, I planted beans. Beans are what I planted. I would say, well, no, you didn't. I can see the corn. I'm not confused about what you planted. You can tell me all day long. Just like an, a, a person can come and say, you know what? I just think about the Lord all day long. I just meditate on His Word. Oh, I just, I just have, it's just all about Jesus with me. Well, I'm gonna, I just have to be honest with what I see. If I see something different coming out of your life, I'm gonna have to question the seed. Because that kind of seed will produce the right thing. Amen. And so what we're allowing ourselves to think on is going to be the determining factor of whether we have victory or defeat. Of whether we have a spiritual walk or a fleshly walk. If you have a very fleshly walk, stop deceiving yourself and anyone else and saying, Oh yeah, but I just think about the Word. I just think about the Lord. No, you don't. You think about a lot of other funky stuff. <laughs> and it's showing up. And again, we can lay hands on you until every hair is wiped off your head and, and, uh, and everything else. But until we change what's going on, the ins- going on on the inside, there'll never be permanent change or victory. We don't fix our walk by not walking in the flesh. We fix it by... Walking in the Spirit. And that's what Romans says right here. Romans five, at Romans 8 verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh. Set their minds on the things of the flesh. So if someone's walking in the flesh. Do you know what they're thinking about? Do we know? Yes. They are thinking about. You don't walk in the flesh without thinking about the flesh. You're not walking with the Lord and thinking about His Word and, oops, I'm in the flesh, I'm walking in the flesh. Doesn't work that way. This is how it works. This is amazingly simple, but I recognize the challenge. Uh, But those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So also, we know this in a positive way. If someone has a spiritual walk worthy of the call, we know what they think about when they're driving down the road and when they're laying on their bed at night and when they're all alone, no one else is around. We know what movies are playing up here. We know what thoughts they give themselves over to. Now, we can't, you know, we can't control every thought that comes to our mind. 
We're not saying if you had a bad thought. Well, I have bad thoughts, you know. But it's what we allow ourselves to meditate on and think on on a regular and ongoing basis that, basis that makes the determining factor in what's going to show up in our walk. Okay? I like this, this language, that those who set their minds on the things of the flesh. What do you mean they set? That's not a fleeting thought. It's not, you know, someone did something to you and you had a fleshly thought and, you know, that, that's not set on there. Set, I think of like concrete setting you know while it's while it's um wet you can move it around you can shape it however you need to shape it but while uh but as soon as that concrete sets now there's a problem (laughs) unless it's set correctly then it can be a positive thing but if your mind gets set in fleshly things and unfortunately many have that they've been thinking that way for years and so what do we need jackhammer let's break this thing up. In other words, what I'm saying is it might take a little bit of work. I can't, I can't fix all of our thoughts just with one amazingly powerful message on a Sunday. I added that other stuff. (laughs) See if you're paying attention. Whoa. (laughs) Don't knock me down, Lord. (laughs) I'm saying if we've, if we have thought patterns that have gone a certain way for a long time, it does take a little bit of work to fix them because it's set and we need to jackhammer and we need to pound away at this stuff and retrain ourselves to think a new way. But if I can do that, it's so well worth the effort. Oh, it is worth the effort because if we begin to think a different way, now walking in the spirit is natural and walking in the flesh. I don't mean, again, there'll be temptations. Yes, we need to put our flesh under, but it's easy now. It's almost effortless because we're doing it by the grace and power of God. We're doing it His way as opposed to the backwards way that many times we approach things. So those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. That's a carnal, that's flesh again, right? To be carnally minded is death. What's death? Death is bad. (laughs) Death is bad. Sickness, death is depression, death is strife, death is division, death is all kinds of stuff in life. Death is lack. If I think that way, what's going to happen? It's going to produce that in me. If I'm struggling in an area, don't just focus on the problem. Focus on thinking right. All right. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What's life? Life is everything God is. Life is victory, life is authority, life is, life is power, it's love, it's joy, it's goodness, it's kindness. It's all that God is, it's all we want. It's all we want in life. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And so, what's a way to say this? Think about the Word of God. To be spiritually minded. Jesus said the words that I speak unto you are spirit and they are life. If I will give my thoughts to the words of God continually again and again. It will cause me to be able to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. It's the whole mindset of if I want to do. It's the, it's the feed one starve the other approach. 
if I will feed what I want and starve what I don't want, I get victory. If I want to beat you at arm wrestling, I should go to the gym and keep you out of the gym. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> right? And, and my, my muscles are going to be uh, stronger than your muscles. It's all, if I will, I can defeat the flesh simply through neglect, intentional neglect. And by intentionally giving focus to the things of the Spirit, they will gain dominance in my life. Nowadays, we have handy reminders like smartphones and various tools. How many have a smartphone? Not enough. <laughs> do dumb phones have reminders? They do? You got your dumb phone has a reminder? All right. So you can use tools like that. What, what, what do I mean? I, I, I just, I, I did this for myself because, you know, on Wednesday we had a, a powerful healing meeting. Uh, my message that night was a prescription for healing. And I gave three things, like a doctor would prescribe something. I gave three things that would guarantee anybody's healing. That's nice. I'll sell it to you for, uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's on the website. But one of those things, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this, even though I'm not, personal, I'm not presently battling a sickness, but I'm going to do this for myself um, as a reminder, because one of those three things, I'll tell you, was to pray a certain way, and it's Ephesians 1. And I, my, my prescription was pray this three times a day, not as a law, not facing a certain direction on the compass, <laughs> or anything like that, but as a being a doer of the word or acting on things, I said, you need to do this three times a day and then do the other things as well and you'll be healed, all right? But I thought, you know what, I'm going to stir myself up this way because I believe in this for many things. So I I did it for myself. I thought, well, I got this little reminder app on my phone. I'm going to remind myself and every day at a certain time it beeps at me. And uh, it's been interesting. Because I'll be going along for hours, and all of a sudden, beep, beep. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, it's been helpful. And so I take time and set aside. And it's just a, takes only takes a short period of time. I spend other time in longer prayer times, but uh, just to get this in. And I pray from my heart, and I believe these things are coming to pass in my life. But maybe it's with thinking things spiritual instead of just being naturally or carnally minded. Maybe you remind yourself in some way where every time you hear beep beep or some type of natural reminder, you will realize, you know what, I don't think about the Lord as much as I thought I did. Or I don't consider His Word as much as I thought I did. And I guarantee you this, if all it is is once a week where we're giving our thoughts to the things of God, flesh walk. A fleshly walk will dominate your life even if you're saved. You won't lose your salvation, but you will not be able to live it. Your walk will not be what it could be. But if we will give ourselves to these things, I mean taking intentional time out of our day, taking adequate time to mind spiritual things, we will have almost effortless victory over the flesh. The Word of God and the thinking of God is really that powerful. 
we all know Proverbs 23, or have heard of this verse. Proverbs 23 and verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so not as he does with his hand. As he thinks with his heart, so is he. I cannot consistently live one way and think another way. But if I will adopt God's thinking and let my meditation be on his word all the day and mind spiritual things throughout my life, there's a guarantee I'm going to live a life that's full of life. It's full of victory. It's full of faith and full of love. And it's full of the things of the Spirit. And it'll be a natural way of living. Amen. Amen. I believe this, that we do not have to have a continual struggle to do the things that we want to do. It, they can become natural for us. A natural way of living. Again, not saying there'll never be a temptation. There'll never be a discipline of the flesh. But I'm saying we are tapping into the ability and grace of God by approaching it His way. And not just sucking it up. That's the world's thinking. So suck it up. I mean, (laughs) so think right. Amen. Give your mind to spiritual things and let God's power show up. Amen. Father, we're so thankful today. Thankful, thankful, thankful for you and all that you are, all that you've given us, all that you've provided. Thankful that you give us answers, wisdom, direction in our lives so that we can walk in victory and truth, so that we can be prepared for every good work, meet for the Master's use. Lord, we purpose in our hearts today not to stop walking in the flesh, but to walk in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit by minding the things of the Spirit. We give our thoughts over to you. We want to be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, give us revelation and comprehension of all things spiritual, all things life of life, and all things that are of you. And as we do, we thank you that it affects every aspect of our existence. We thank you, Lord, you're helping us. We see the truth and we walk in the light. In Jesus' mighty name.